are new with us, just want to say welcome. I'm Jason. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we're so glad to have you here with us today. Uh, it's good to be back. I wasn't uh, here last week, and uh, Mikey spoke for us. He did an amazing job. Uh, it was, uh, I know it was good for all of you to be able to, to hear him speak. And um, this week, I'm going to be starting for the next uh, two weeks. Uh, we're going to be talking about the subject, God is First. And this idea of putting God first and putting him first uh, in every aspect of our life. Uh, But I want to point out something here um, right at the beginning. We just got done speaking for uh, our speaking series for the last month on prayer. And in scripture, there are over 500 verses on the subject of prayer. There are over 500 verses on the subject of faith. There are over 2,000 verses on the subject of money and possessions, over 2,000. And I realize that sometimes that can be uncomfortable uh, to hear, but here's the deal. We all have to deal with money and finances every single day, don't we? Every day, it's something that we have to deal with. Um, Every day, all day, multiple times a day, it's something that, that we have to look at and we have to think about and we have to make decisions on. And so for us to say that maybe coming to church Um, that that should be something that we uh, dive into here as well. So Jesus talked about it. We're going to talk about it uh, for a couple of weeks. And I want you to know uh, right up front that uh, some of the information that I'm going to be presenting, I guess, over the next couple of weeks, um, I I kind of got and and has seen from a book by a pastor named Robert Morris uh, from uh, Gateway, Gateway Church in Texas. And This book that he wrote called The Blessed Life is one of the best uh, books that I've ever read. And the information, the way it was kind of put together uh, when it comes to the subject of finances and tithing um, is really uh, amazing stuff. And I feel as, as the pastor called to train and equip our church that this is something that I just have felt compelled and led to bring uh, to all of us uh, today. So, you know, please hear my heart on that. Last week, uh, Mikey said that we grow when our comfort is challenged, and I love that statement, Uh, and there's so much truth in that. We do grow when our comfort is challenged, and I don't know about you, but I can't think of too many times in my life where my spiritual growth came from a moment of comfort. Most of the time, if not every single time, God puts me in an uncomfortable situation that maybe I don't like being in or a circumstance or something like that, that I end up realizing I'm thankful that God allowed me to go through that because had it not been for that uncomfortability, I wouldn't have really been able to grow uh, in the way that I should have. And so let's live boldly, as, uh, as Mikey challenged us last week about, let's live boldly, let's grow a bit together over the next couple of weeks here, as we should each and every week that we come to God's house, you know, part of of what I always like to say is that I feel like every week we should come to God's house and be challenged and changed. And so if you're not feeling that, if we're not addressing subjects that are uh, challenging and changing us, then really what are we doing? It's just fluff. So what I wanna say is this, as, as we get started, this is about what God wants for you, not from you. Please hear that. This is about what God wants for you, not from you. God doesn't need anything from me. God doesn't need anything from you, but I need to be blessed by God. Don't you? So let's pray, if we can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you for the worship that we've had. God, I thank you for the way it prepares our hearts 
for what you have to say to us. And so, Holy Spirit, we do ask for your presence to remain and to, and to continue moving through this place now, Father. I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us in a very specific way as you do. God, I pray that you would, you would God, that your Holy Spirit would speak now for the next few minutes, God, that, that you would get everything out of the way, every distraction out of the way so that we can hear what your word has to say. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. So let me make a kind of bold statement right at the very beginning, okay, that might, I guess, maybe sting a little bit, but, but we're going to look at why this statement is true. And it's the first statement on your outline, and it's this. Tithing is the primary way we acknowledge that God is first. Tithing is the primary way that we acknowledge God is first. All right, so I'm, I'm kind of swinging right out of the gate here, right? I get it. You're like, you. Yeah. But, but we're going to spend the rest of the time, all right? We need to understand this principle. We need to understand the principle of, of first and first fruits and firstborn and, and of the tithe. And so please don't tune me out because I promise you, look at me here, this is life-giving truth. I promise you, this is life-giving truth. This is, this is the Bible. I've heard it said that the Bible is not a buffet, right? We treat it that way sometimes. We can go up, we're like, ew, that pudding looks gross. I don't want some of that. But we all do that at the buffet. But the Bible's not a buffet, okay? We either take it all or we don't. So if you will, turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 13. We're going to be in Exodus 13 for a minute. Um, you can follow along in the Bible app if you've got that. You can, you can jump right there. And we're going to look at some verses, that, uh, and, we're, and we're going to break some of these things down because over the, over the course of the rest of, the, of our time together, I'm really going to take that, that first statement there and show you in Scripture why we can, we can say that. So Exodus 13, one, beginning in verse 1, says, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Okay. 16 times in Scripture. 16 times in Scripture it says that the firstborn is his. God says that 16 times. Now, yeah, we've heard the statement of God says it once, it's enough, and all that. Agreed. But 16 times of a particular thing is significant. Let's move down to, to verse 12 here. Same chapter. It says, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Okay, you're like, really? Where are we going with this, Jay? This, we're talking about animals and what's happening? Trust me, this is going somewhere. You'll see this. Because in other words... What God is saying here is that if you don't do this, you're going to lose it anyway. That if you don't do this, you're going to lose it anyway. That, yes, we're going to talk about finances here in a minute, but I want you to notice the principle. I want you to look at the principle here because it says if you will not give this to the Lord, you're going to lose it anyway. Now, keep in mind, this was written like five, 6,000 years ago, all right? Currency and wealth had much more to do with livestock and had much more to do with like animals and, and fruits and all of those kinds of things. Um, and so these principles, though, have to do with, with that. So keep in mind the, the historical context in which this is being written. So we're going to talk about the principle of first. 
And we're going to talk about how giving the first to God matters and understanding about the first. And so we're going to relate this to finances. We're going to relate it to tithing, not necessarily to giving. Those are two different things. Tithing and giving are two different things. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But if we don't learn, as I said earlier, if we don't learn about finances from the Bible, then, then where? Jesus talked about it. If, if the Bible is our handbook for life, that should include everything about life, right? Jesus talked about it, so we're going to talk about it. So I realize there's been a whole lot of like Christianese I've already used, right? Some words that you're just like, whoa, nobody uses that stuff outside of, outside of church. So what, is it, what does this mean? So let's start with the word tithe. The word tithe really means tenth. That's what it means, like one-tenth, okay? So math, I'm just going to tell you right now, went to Barberton, not good at math. So went to art school, very same reason, okay? But <laughs> tithe really does mean tenth, like to its, to its word, but, but it actually really means so much more than just math. It really means God is first. That's really what the principle behind that word really means. And so let's, let's look at this first principle here that we get from Exodus, and it's, and it's this. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. And you're like, okay, where, where are we going with this? Just stick with me. What's the difference between these two? We're going to talk about it. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about how everything uh, in the Old Testament is an example to us written for our instruction. Everything in the Old Testament is written for us to our instruction, right? So you're talking Genesis to Malachi, all of those books back then, New Testament being Matthew through Revelation, okay? Those would be in the, what we would call a time of grace. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but you got the law and you got grace. So if everything in the Old Testament, according to scripture, is also used as an example for our instruction, it also says in the New Testament, in Hebrews 9, that without the shedding of blood, that there is no remission of sin. And so for our sin to be redeemed, there must be a shedding of blood, according to Scripture. Now, it says the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. So back in the Old Testament days, it talked about a clean animal versus an unclean animal. And I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of that, but let's relate it to, um, to sin here for a second. All right, so the clean animal, of the clean animals, if you had animals, the firstborn must be sacrificed to the Lord and the rest will be blessed. That's the principle. The firstborn will be sacrificed and the rest will be blessed. Of the unclean animal, you must have a clean animal sacrificed to redeem it. You with me? Okay. Now, everything in the Bible points to Jesus, Yes. Everything in the Bible points to Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, it really does. Everything in there points to Jesus, and it's an example. So let me ask you this. Were you born clean or unclean? The answer is unclean, okay? We are sinful people. We are born with sin. And I'm not just saying, like, when you were born, were you, like, gross? We were all gross. Yeah, we all needed cleaned off, okay? Like, literally. But when it comes to to, to our, our spiritual life. Are we born unclean or clean? We're born unclean, right? Jesus, was he born clean or unclean? Clean. See where we're going with this? So, the clean has to be sacrificed so that the unclean can be redeemed. Jesus was sacrificed 
so that we can be redeemed. So in a very real sense, write this down, Jesus is God's tithe. Jesus is God's tithe. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The first portion is the redemptive portion. That's the part that redeems. That's the redeeming part, that first portion. It's given to God and the rest is blessed. That is a principle all throughout scripture. God did that with Jesus so that we could be redeemed. God gave him so that we could give our lives to God. You know, we meet on Sunday for the very same reason. Yes, we meet on Sunday because it's Resurrection Sunday and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And really, that's what every Sunday is, is celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. But it's also the first day of the week. And so we are also giving the first hours of the first day of the week to God. That whole principle of the firsts is even happening right here, right this minute, even with the time change. We're all here giving the first part of our week to God. It's all part of that principle. So this principle applies to our finances as well, which is why first fruits must be offered. That's the next one. First fruits must be offered. And you're like, Jay, I don't have fruits. What are we talking about here? Okay, keep in mind when this was written. Keep in mind who this was written to. We're going to get into the, the first fruits thing just a little bit, next, a little bit more next week. Um, but I want you to see here that the word must is intentional here. That's intentional. Must be offered. But the word offered is also important. It's very important. See, this isn't out of obligation. This isn't out of obligation. That's not what this is saying. This is an offering. The reason that we call it an offering is because it's freely given. It's not paying a bill. This isn't paying your dues. It's offering to God. Exodus 23 Verse 19a says, the best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So the best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Keeping in mind the historical context and all of those things, right? I want you to notice, though, the words into the house of the Lord your God. And here's where maybe... Maybe a little bit of uncomfortability will, will come with this part, but, the, but this is just the fact of the matter, that it doesn't say give to the local charity as your tithe. It doesn't say give to a specific ministry as your tithe. It doesn't say that. Now, are all of those things great? Should, should those things be funded? Should we give to those things? Absolutely. Should we give to, say, let's say, our missionaries? Is that the tithe? It's It's not. It's actually not. Should we give the, to, to those things? Absolutely. We have those, those places actually on our, on our offering cards, if you notice, or on our offering envelopes and, and on Tithely and, and the website and all that that we can give to missions. We should give to missions. Maybe you didn't know you can give directly to missions, but you can. We have about 15 missionaries or so that we support, and, uh, and the money that goes directly to them, if you have a heart for missions, let me just encourage you to, to give over and above to, to missions. But let's not confuse what God is saying here that it doesn't say that the first fruits, the first fruits, that they go wherever you want or wherever you feel. It says the house of the Lord. It's very clear on that. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth 
and with the, with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. See, God says, give to me the first one and the rest will be blessed. Over and over again, it says that. You don't wait and see. And, and this is the hard part. See, the cool thing about, about the tithe of the 10th is that it levels the playing field. It levels the playing field. It has nothing to do with how much you make or how much specifically you give. It's like prayer and fasting. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. And it's about faith. It takes faith to give the first 10% before you pay your bills. I'll be the first one to say that. That's not the easiest thing in the world to do. It takes faith to do that. And I understand that this is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to hear and, and to read in God's word. And straight up, it's a little uncomfortable to share, <laughs> quite frankly. But the thing is, God will be first, and he will always be first, whether you put him first or not. God will always be first. This is a characteristic of God. It's called his preeminence. The preeminence of God. He is above all. He is before all. He is higher than all. He is greater than all. That is the preeminence of God. But you know, a major part of following Jesus is surrendering to him. And surrendering to him no matter what he says. Because if he is God and we surrender to him and we follow him, then we surrender to him no matter what he says, even if we don't like it, even if it makes us uncomfortable. You know, we fight and we argue with ourselves and with God over the things that we want, not necessarily for the things that are true. Let me say that again. We fight and argue with ourselves or with God over the things that we want, not necessarily for the things that are true. We say, I, I want to keep it all. I earned it. I, I worked for it. Straight up, no, you didn't. God blessed you with it. God blessed you with it. God blessed you with life and breath and the ability to do it. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. The principle of first is throughout scripture. It's throughout scripture. God says, give me the first one and the rest are blessed. And so the tithe must be first. The tithe must be first, and that's an important distinction to make. Leviticus 27, verse 30, says, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed or the land, or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Now, let me address an objection here that I've heard many times. So, I've heard this one. You say, well... Um, I'm under grace, I'm not under the law, and tithing is an Old Testament thing. I've heard this one before. I've talked with somebody about this one before. And while you do see all of these principles set up in the Old Testament, it's not just an Old Testament thing. But let's run with that for a second, because I'm going to get into that a little bit more next week as well. But let's run with that idea just for a second. So, okay, if we're going to say we're, we're under the law, which would be the things of the Old Testament would be considered under the law, and we're now under grace, and so those things don't apply. So, so does that mean, let's reverse it. If it was bad under the law, is it not bad under grace? Okay, um, thou shalt not murder. That was under the law. Is that okay now because I'm under grace? You know, somebody cut me off the other day when I was going to pick up my kids from school. I'm like, you know what? I'm under grace. 
look out, bro. You know, no, nobody does that. Nobody does that. I did not hurt anyone. Let's just be clear. Jesus said this, though. Do you not know that the righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of the law? So the righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of the law. And, and here's where he proved it, because he said this a bunch of times. Jesus said, you have heard it said that you shall not murder. Where did they hear that? The law, Ten Commandments, right? That's, that's in the law. So I say to you now, and Jesus said this, he's, right? Jesus full of grace, says in John, he is full of grace. This is the... The era, the era of grace, if you will. And he says, but I say to you, don't even get angry at your brother. Don't even get angry at your brother. That's much further than the law. The law said I can't kill you, but grace says I can't even be mad at you. Sheesh. Okay, now, Jesus said, you've heard it said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, you can't even look at someone with lust or you might as well have already committed adultery with them. That's much further than the law. That's much further than the law. So if somebody says that, you know, one wants to talk through that, that argument of, yeah, I, I don't give 10% because, uh, because that was under the law and I'm under grace. I'm like, well, awesome, then you must give way more than that. So, sweet, if you're under grace. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, though. What releases the blessing on our finances is not the amount, but the order. And this is where I go back to the whole level the playing field thing. It's not about the amount. Listen, if you think this is a money grab, this is not what this is about. This is about being blessed by God. This is about following Jesus and, and following God in everything that he says that we should do. The first 10% belongs to God. That is what releases the blessing. And so if you made $1,000, all right, again, not good at math. If you made $1,000, and let's say that that is broken up into 10 $100 bills. That's right, isn't it? 10 $100 bills, okay? Which one is the tithe? You're like $100. Specifically, which one? The first one that you spend the first one that leaves your hand. It's not the, okay, I gotta pay all my bills for the month, and hey, I got 150 bucks left over. Sweet, God, here's your 100 bucks. Technically, yes, mathematically, that was it. Was that, the t was that a tithe? No, because it wasn't the first that you gave to God. That's what God's word says. It's not pay the bills and see what's left over. Tithing is not giving, it's returning. Think about that. Tithing is not giving. It's returning. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. God actually never uses the word give when he's talking about tithing throughout scripture. He doesn't use the word give. And you know why? Because you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. He uses the word bring. He uses the word bring. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Why? Why? Because 
Every single time you get paid. Every single time I get paid. You take the test. Every single time. The test is who are you going to honor with your income? Who are you going to honor with it? And you honor the first person you give it to. You honor the first person you give it to. That's what, that's what the word of God says. Exodus says that when you give the first one to God, that the rest are blessed. And that's the connection point. That's the connection point. That's the big idea today. Is that when you give your first to God, the rest is blessed. The Bible's pretty clear. If you keep it all, if you keep it all, it's cursed. If you give God the first, the rest is blessed. This is, this is not hard to understand. 100% cursed or 90% blessed. Again, I'm not good at math. That's pretty easy to understand. That's pretty easy to understand. That's, that's what the word of God says. It's all throughout scripture. God doesn't need you to give. God doesn't need you to give. You need to be blessed by God. We all need to be blessed by God. And as I said, the Bible's not a buffet. And this is a piece of following Jesus that's all throughout Scripture. It's all throughout Scripture. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways here. Malachi 3.10, you can see right there, it says, God says, test me on this. Do you realize this is the only issue in Scripture, the only one that God says, test me on this? I, it's, it's God daring you. If it was proper lingo at the time, God would probably say, I double dog dare you. I mean, I mean he probably would. I dare you to tithe for a year and see what happens. Test God in this for a year and see what happens. The rest will be blessed. And here's the bigger deal. Here, here's, here's, here's all of it. You know, if the church collectively would get their head around this, not just Connect Church, the church, the global church, the holistic church, Think about what could happen. Think about what could happen. Every missionary would be funded. Every missionary would be funded without question. Every ministry would have exactly what they need. Every church building would be built. And the gospel would fill every part of this planet because that's really what it's about. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward and filling every part of this planet. That's really what this is about. Because this is an issue between, between you and God. And it's about being blessed by God. And this is one area that, quite frankly, a lot of us will hold back on. And maybe we wonder why God holds some of his blessings back. And it's because of the principle of the first. And this is why I say, back to the very first subject line that was there, is that it's the primary way 
that we acknowledge that God is first. Because this, this touches, this touches kind of deep. And it makes us squirm. Because we know we have to put so much faith in God to go that far. Would you stand with me? If you could bow, bow your heads for just a second. For your grabbing your coat and, or whatever. Let's just, let's continue this time of worship right now. And I want you to think about something for a second. Just, just bow your head and, and focus for just another minute. You know, the reason God gave his son and the reason he put this principle in place is because he loves us so much and because he wants a relationship with us and sometimes we need to be saved from ourselves the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil not money the love of money because either God's first or he's not and finances and money are one of those issues that can pull that can pull our heart away but the Bible says that he is not willing that any should perish which is why God gave his firstborn son for you and for me. See, God's not asking you to do anything that he hasn't already done himself and gone over and above on. God has already taken this principle further than you and I ever could. He's not asking, you, he's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. See, we don't just put God first in our finances. This isn't just about finances. It's about our time. It's about our life. It's about everything. God asks us for everything. He wants us to give, to give him everything, but he's also a God of practicality. He's also a God of common sense. And he's going to take care of his children. All he wants us to do is put him first. That's how much God loves you, that he put his own son first. And if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have a, a relationship with Jesus, if you're not 100% sure that you're going to be spending eternity in heaven with a God that loves you so much, I would love to talk to you today. I'd love to pray with you today. You can even come down maybe during the song. And you could pray right down here. And I know we've got people that would pray with you. Or you could certainly come down after the service and, and talk to me or we could talk at the orange wall. God created you to be with him. And he wants nothing more than to give you everlasting life. And that can happen right here, right now. Father, I love you and I thank you, God, so much that you love us so much to tell us the things, God, that maybe make us feel uncomfortable. God, that you give us the truth of your word. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move in this place or that you would challenge and change us as we really seek what you would have for us individually. Lord, I pray that we would all take this challenge seriously about what it means to really put you first. God, you give your son first so that we could spend eternity with you. And Lord, I pray that if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, they would not walk out of these doors without getting that right, without at least going a little, a little further down asking the questions maybe that they have. 
Holy Spirit, I pray you would just continue to move in this place. God, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. We put you first in Jesus' name.